ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcaster whose ears rival Baby Yoda's, or Young Yoda, or the Young Yoda-like character patrons, uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, like, I don't have any powers at all, so... Uh, and you might not even know what I'm talking about, but thanks for supporting the show, patrons. Let me tuck you in a little bit there. All right, and let's get on with that show that you support. Thank you. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. Uh, it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, you know, things you're thinking about. Uh, so thoughts, I guess those are what thoughts are. Uh, or, you know, other things. You might, you know, stuff on your mind. Holy moly. Uh, you might even, you might say, like, uh, you might have so much moly. I don't even know what moly is, to be honest. So you might say, holy moly. Like you just had some delicious mole that you can't stop thinking about. Uh, but that's probably not the best. Like, uh, so anything you're thinking about, you may, may listen to a podcast where a person says stuff and it confuses you. Uh, so, so, so thoughts, feelings, you know, emotions... Or physical sensations, or just anything, feel, thoughts, or feelings, or physical sensations. Oh, that's another part there. Uh, whatever's keeping you up, it could be changes in schedule or work, seasonal things, temperature, uh, noise, lighting, uh, cur- you know, curtains, breezes, whatever's keeping you up. I mean, I know there's a lot of other stuff. Uh, yeah, that you could be dealing with. I mean, whatever it is, I'm here to take your mind off, then keep you company so that you could fall asleep. And what I'm going to do is I have this safe place I'm trying to create, uh, and I'm always working at creating. It's never done. Uh, I do feel a bit like a, a, a character, you know, where I say, okay, well, this is, a, it's always a, a safe place. It's always in, de- always in development for you. Uh, if I was, if it was a musical, I would do a song about that. At this point, yeah, hopefully it would get. Hopefully the song would be so good and catchy it would have a reprise uh, uh, later in the show. Uh, but ideally, it, for this podcast, it wouldn't be a later in the show because if it was a musical, I'd probably you know go on uh, to become Ch- Ch- Noir Chardonnay, world famous performer and singer. But it really, I just want to keep making the podcast. So I want to keep developing this safe place, uh, which you might just be checking out for the first time. And you may already be confused, which is uh, hopefully, uh, like, eventually it will work for you. But, yeah, I'm trying to create this safe place, this safe uh, mood. And one way I do it is I send my voice across the deep, dark night. I use lulling the soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. I go off topic, which you've already seen a few times there. I use filler words, strategically placed filler words. 
you say, well, I just ran out of filler words. How would you know to leave me a bundle of filler words? And I say, well, it's a musical. It's actually a musical within a safe place. So expect your expectations to be met, uh, which is our next number, which you won't hear because, uh, like, uh, but that would be another number. And, it, like, that's why that bundle of uh, filler words was there. It's one of the few, few things that... Uh, if people don't realize they run out of till you don't miss a filler word until you miss it. Uh, that song, we're not sure if that, where that's going to be in the show. Uh, there'll be like the, you know, the filler word off on a while, maybe it'll be a person. I don't know. Would the, would it be a town that lost their filler words? Uh, it's say everything's, we, we, we don't have to, like, cause the benefit is if you use filler words, cause you might, you might be a, a strict, uh, you know, in your daytime life, right? In your sleep podcast, you say, Scoots, I love your filler words, but during the day, you know, I work in, uh, you know, I work, I, I run the uh, debate club club, uh, the one club, the club for debate clubbers. Uh, and I'd say, wait a second, hold on. Is it a, like, what kind of club is it? And you say, well, it's a member, members only club, Scoots. And I'd say, well, you listen to my podcast, so do you think I could get it? Because is it a kind of club where the bass is something? And you say, well, uh, in parts of it, it is. Really? And is it the kind of club where there's a, a f- fireplace and leather-bound books and, uh, you know, those those kind of statues of, like, pheasants and things like that? Uh, yes, uh, there could be those things. Huh. It sounds a bit like one of the safe places I'm designing. Do you think I could, uh, take your, uh, the, the, the debate club club? And cause I was thinking about writing, writing a book called the debate club club. No, you're not scoots. Cause he, oh, I'm not. Well, I just thought of it just now. I thought you were writing a musical about filler words. Well, until I heard about your debate club club, and now I can't stop thinking about it, especially since I can't go there. Is it affordable? Oh, so it, it uh, costs nothing. It's, you know, just your time, just a love of debate clubs and participation in debate clubs um, uh, and other requirements for membership that we cannot disclose at this time. Uh, would I need to debate you to get into the debate club club? Uh, not myself, no, uh, but, uh, you, you, okay. But there is a part of the debate club where I can hear, like I could be in the room if I was in that room with the fireplace or is there a room with the uh, snacks and desserts and, um, like a, but, but like, uh, what are those things called? Uh, warming trays. Uh, there are, could, if I'm in there because I have pretty good hearing and sense of, uh, like audio sense. Could, could I, st- could I sense that somewhere else in the building, the bass is thumping? Yes, you probably could. Oof, that sounds like one of the greatest, that sounds like an awesome club. Uh, congratulations. I, I think I was in the beginning of, of the middle part of a be- the beginning of a sleep podcast intro though. So I have to, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe one day our paths will cross again. I, I certainly hope so, Scooter. I mean, it's unlikely unless you just gave me like guest passes or something. Because I don't think, other than saying debate club club, which I love saying, obviously, obviously, I don't think I'll have the time to invest in any of that other, you know, getting into the debate. Okay. 
but I guess I got to get back to the sleep podcast intro anyway. So wonderful talking to you. Well, hopefully one day, if we have guests past the scooter, yeah, then, you know. Okay, well, I've actually, I pretty much got it. But I think I might just copy those plans since they're imaginary anyway and put them into my safe place. Hey, I'm back, new listeners. Holy cow. Uh, I thought I was talking about filler words and ended up, uh, I used a bunch of them. So, I don't even know what I was talking about. So, I'm glad you're here. I'm here to keep you company as you fall asleep. You may have noticed the show is more than a bit different. Uh, Structurally, content-wise, tone, temperature, uh, I mean, this, this might not be the first time someone said debate club club, but I could guarantee in the history of podcast intros, Unless there, unless that club has its own podcast, it's never been said this many times at the beginning of a podcast, uh, and probably like uh, it's not for everybody. I guess that would be one thing you say. Holy mackerel! Is he going to say? And I said, well, I almost said it there again. So this podcast's a bit different. It's it's a bit it's it's goofy. I mean, clearly. And it's kind of be meant to be consumed passively. It's a podcast you don't really need to listen to. And I mean, I don't think I can make it any more apparent than just being myself at this point, which you've heard so far. So you kind of just kind of listen, kind of barely listen to me. Uh, but there's also no pressure to fall asleep. I'm going to be here for about an hour. Believe it or not, later we're going to be talking about a season one, episode three of The Mandalorian. And you don't even need to have seen the show to enjoy this uh, sleepy content. Uh, so it's a podcast you don't need to listen to, but there's no pressure to fall asleep. If you can't sleep, I'm going to be here till the very end for you. So don't worry. This is not an exclusive podcast like the Debate Club Club. You can come in. You can listen. It's open to all and to everyone. Uh, and I'm here to keep you company. So, yeah, that's one thing. And what was the other? Oh, if you're new, oh, structurally, what to expect? A little late to explain this, and I do have to. So, if you're new or regular listeners, even uh, they can get thrown off because they say, "Well, the show starts off like kind of like uh, with a lot of fast, uh, uh, like uh, energetic talk." And I say, "Yeah, well, that's how we keep the podcast free for everybody." Is the show starts off with a few minutes of business, then there's like a like housekeeping and me kind of talking about the podcast in the intro, which is not, uh, like, which is kind of part of most listeners wind down routine. It's like their old buddy scoots is coming over again, uh, to tell us about his ever uh, developing safe place and to keep us company. So that's what the intro the intros are on 12 to 20 minutes or so. And it's, uh, it's kind of, kind of something familiar. It just gives you a chance to get comfortable or to get ready for bed, however you like to listen. There are about 2% of listeners that skip ahead to 20 or 30 minutes and listen to just uh, uh, the second half of the show. Uh, but I find for most people, like, uh, it works good. You know, the, the the top of the show, then we have the intro starts to wind things down. And then we have some business, and then we talk about the Mandalorian, then we have some thank yous. So that's how the structure of the show. And I think I said the other stuff. I mean, like, you might say, what is this? Do I, one, I don't have that thing to watch the Mandalorian. I said, don't worry. 
Uh, and he said, well, I get spoiled. And I'd say, oh, boy, yeah, did you hear I have extra satchels of uh, sp- spillers? Not sp- what are they called? Filler words. I was calling them spiller words because they spill right out of my mouth. I, I put too many in there. Uh, spiller words and chiller words uh, and s- sillier words uh, all are also in this podcast. Uh, so, yeah, you don't need to have seen the show. I mean, I will talk about the kind of what happened in the episode, but it'd be pretty oblique, though it will ha- contain plot points. But I don't know if you'll remember them. I just rewatched. Uh, this is about episode three. So I watched it uh, for uh, like I took all my notes a few hours ago. I'd already watched it a few times already. And then I watch and I pause it and I write stuff down. So don't worry about it. I mean, it's here to put you to sleep and keep you company. Most of the time, no one remembers very much about the podcast. You may remember a few fragments and. Because I'm here, I don't know, you know what I mean. If you're, And if you're not, I'm glad you're here. I, I mean, I make this show because I've been there, tossing and turning and sleepless. And I really do want to help. I want to keep you company as you drift off. So, I don't know, I think that's it. I, 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 believe it or not, I'm, out of, I'm not out of filler words, but I don't want to just, like, I don't gratuitously use filler words. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, except, you know, except in the most... Um, like um uh, uh <laughs> just for uh, you know just an amusement you just like an amusement what if there was an amusement park of filler words uh, filler words park does not sound amusing or uh, interesting to me so i'd have to think that i guess i'll have to think of that some other time but yeah i'm here to keep you company as you drift off to be your boyfriend and make the show because i truly believe you deserve a good night's sleep uh, in that if you get a good night's sleep or if that, at least a bedtime isn't stressful and a rigmarole, if I can reduce that at all for you, one, it would be my honor. Uh, two, it would hopefully make your life a little bit, you know, more tolerable or beyond that, uh, where you could start to flourish. And in that case, whether you're rested or, or you're flourishing, the world's going to be a better place. It's just that simple. And the flip side is also simple. I've been there, so I know how. I might not know exactly what you're going through, uh, but I'm familiar with some of the feelings, and uh, it's not pleasant. And I want to help. But the other, the one, uh, other part is this podcast just doesn't work for everybody. It's more like a goofy friend than a magical sleep solution. It's a sleep offering, I say sometimes. like Kind of like, hey, I'm offering up this story to take your mind off stuff and keep you company. Uh, so really see how it goes, because you do deserve a good night's sleep. I hope it works for you. Most listeners uh, said it took two or three tries for them to kind of get used to listening to the show and not listening, and my personality and my voice. Uh, and then they started to falsely, but there are people that know right away. I mean, usually they know within the, they already sent me an email before I say, well, if you know, it's definitely not for you. Check out sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no, thank you. Uh, cause there's other stuff listed there, uh, but I'm glad you're here. I believe it or not, I work very, very hard on this show. I, which is probably hilarious to some people too, but it's because I care, uh, because, I yearn and I strive. I really want to help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. 
And here's a couple of ways we keep this podcast uh, free for everybody. All right, everybody, it's uh, Scoots here. We're doing episode three of The Mandalorian right now. Uh, the last time on The Mandalorian is playing, which you can skip. I, I, I find it puts me in the mood, though, previously on The Mandalorian. Uh, so I enjoy it. Uh, but uh, So yeah, let's, it's, uh, let's see, walking off into the sunset. I don't know, like I'm trying to avoid almost, it's really tough. Uh, this Mandalorian is making it hard. It's, it's really become a, a, certain things on this show have already become, I don't know, very popular. Uh, in public dialogue, so this Oso Yoda is Oso cute. I think that's what we'll do for the shorthand for our show. Because I mean, when I say Oh, so yo, oh yo, so cute. Uh, I guess if I said yo, yo soy cute, I don't know what cute is in Spanish though. I don't. Do you? Know, I guess you don't need to say yo if you're saying soy, right? Uh, Soy Aries, sorry, Aries says somos son. So here we go. Now the Star Wars logo is on the screen, shimmering, glimmering, and now going to yellow. And we open with space. The ship pops in. Very cool. Uh, great sound effects. We see a volcanic. This planet has a lot of volcanic activity. And great sound effects and lighting in the ship. Uh, a lot of red light, a lot of buttons and stuff. Uh, what else we get? Uh, lights, buttons. The baby wants to play ball. Oh, so Yoda once says, hey, it really uh, great moves. I'm watching Yoda climb out now. Mandalorian takes a FaceTime uh, from Reef. Uh, uh, I forgot his name. But I think he, he, I know he has Reef in his name. Maybe. Uh, let's see. Chirp. Oh, there's good ch- ship chirping sound effects, too. Mando, wonderful news. Uh, the client's very antsy. Uh, then Mando sees it. So, baby, Yo- Yo- Oso Yoda takes uh, the ball, like a knob, a silver knob off the ship, tries to play with it. Mando says, not a toy. It reminded me of Lionel Kitty City. But he says, get back in your bassinet, buddy. So Scoots can use some alliteration. Ship goes out of orbit. There's big music. Uh, land ship lands in a land. Where else but a landing pad? And actually, like a landing. No, yeah, I guess it is a landing pad. Uh, more like landing mud. Uh, yellow, we noticed some yellow paint on the ship. At least I did for the first time. Uh, what else we got here? Weather, great weather today. By the way, uh, here, whatever, whatever, whatever we are, not sure because uh, Scooch doesn't do any reading about the, you know, keeps it, keeps it clean. Uh, but, uh, weather is great today on whatever planet we're at, uh, you know, other, probably the volcanic activities unrelated to the weather anyway. Maybe a snow speeder, some sort of speeder lands. Baby Yoda, Oso Yoda checks that out. Uh, great people watching. I would love to be in a floating bassinet myself, and I would love to hear, uh, eventually after the season, if they put out some extras, I'd love to hear about the set dressing and the costuming, because I feel like they really uh, took a lot of cool influences uh, and put them there uh, at the beginning and the end of this episode of uh, way characters are dressed. Really, It just made me grin and reminded me of uh, different comic books and stuff like that. And even the other Star Wars movies, uh, 
It just out of the song. There's a song uh, by third base called "Knock Knock, Come In, Come In," and I think I'm 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 like well behind the episode, so I guess I should pause the episode, huh? Because uh, they go through a very tall archway. Uh, lots of people watching. Big ears, uh, which made me look up ear growth. Uh, then four knocks on the door. And you know, the pod, this podcast loves knocking, but I don't know if I've ever mentioned that song. I'm going to have to listen to it later. I don't know if it was on the Cactus album. Third Base was a hip-hop group uh, in the 80s, I guess. Maybe, I don't think the 90s. Maybe in 80, 88 to 89. Uh, um, anyway, and then, uh, why is this? Uh, oh, Haichu. Oh, the, so the... um. The robot eye thing says haiku a pinky, or haiku a pinky, uh, haiku or haiku a pinky. Uh, when it checks, wants to check your ID. Stormtroopers come. Mando says, "Yo, easy with that bassinet, man. The floating ba- bassinets are they're very useful, as we'll find out uh, soon." Uh, then we see Werner, uh, who says, yes, 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 yes. Uh, not, I mean, he says it in a much more Herzogian way. Uh, very, oh, man, his voice, I, I don't know if he has creaky dulcets, but I love his voice. Holy mackerel. Uh, I'm more used to him, you know, narrate. I don't know if anybody's seen uh, Incident at Loch Ness. Uh, that one, I don't know, was that really, I always think about the dinner scene at the beginning, and I always thought it's like, that really is a place, like, because, uh, but, uh, so that's just something I was thinking about. They do a baby scan, and they say, this baby's coming up cute as heck, uh, holy moly, it's at the holy moly level of cuteness, according to the scanner. Uh, so we're trying to, you know, there's, we're we're trying to reboot the Muppet, something like a long time ago, before the Muppet Babies, uh, we're pre-booting it, uh, uh, does not, does not lie. Oh, the baby doesn't like being scanned though. It says, how how you guys scan me to be cute? I am, just am. I am what I am. I'm oh so Yoda. I wish we had another term. I don't know, like, uh, what species Yoda is. Uh, I guess we could say Herzogian, but that would be even more confusing. You see, Werner says, uh, your reputation was not unwarranted. Uh, uh, Very impatient or something. And he says, to the winner goes the spoils, which I thought, uh, isn't it to the victor goes the spoils? And I just thought about this. Is that like a lyric from, uh, like Waterloo or is that actually an entire, uh, song from, uh, ABBA? I think it's an entire song. Uh, a winner takes it all. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, I mean, it is, I guess. Maybe that is a lyric and the winner takes it all. It is. Or maybe it's in Waterloo. I don't know. Maybe I'll listen to that later. I guess I got a playlist for this episode. Two episodes, two songs so far, uh, but I, you know, I don't like to, you know, correct uh, Herzog. But I said, isn't it? Excuse me, isn't it a uh, uh, Victor? And he said, uh, uh, what, what is it? A large bounty, small package. I said, whoa, whoa! I just commenting on that. I said, no, no need to get personal, Werner. And I said, thanks uh, that I, I didn't never have never been called, never been told to have a large bounty. 
And he said I was talking about Oso Yoda. Uh, Mando says bye-bye, baby, as uh, Oso goes off the screen. We'll just say Oso. That's the easy way because it works. Uh, can we agree on that? Uh, great. Uh, then uh, we start to see this... Uh, uh, crack in the armor. It, it was funny. And also, it made me think of like Bo- Boba Fett. Uh, one, how does Boba Fett feel about Boba Balls? Uh, and, uh, is it Boba Fett or am I just, do I just have Boba Balls on the brain? There's some great alliteration. Holy moly. Boba Balls on the brain, Alec, for 4,000. Oh, it's a daily double. Terrific. But Mando says, what are your plans for the child or whatever? And, uh, Werner says, you've taken payment, uh, uh, so, uh, mind your own P's and Q's, uh, and uh, he said, according to the code, you've already forgotten everything. And then this, uh, WTF to this, just because of, uh, don't quite uh, understand enough of the Mandalorian history, and, uh, I mean, that's why I WTF, but he goes, finding a Mandalorian in these trying times is, uh, uh, more difficult than finding the steel. And I said, well, actually, there's like a underground club with like 46 Mandalorians doing nothing. And you just happen to be on this planet that, uh, uh, I guess only one man, that's why it's the Mandalorian. He's the Mandalorian that gets to go outside and do stuff, not the only Mandalorian. He's like the Mandalorian. Like he pops his collar when it's said. I mean, if he had a collar to pop, uh, that's what would happen. Or if he had a lock, you know, if he, I don't think he'd ever pop and lock anything. Oh, boy. So finding the finding the steel. And I said, yeah, okay, I already said that. But I said, wait a second. There's like, they're just down there playing chess. I don't know where you're looking. And maybe you need to reassess your hiring practices because as this episode goes on, I mean, I guess there's plenty of room for quality bounty hunters. So, anyway, so the episode opens. It's chapter three, The Sin. There's a guitar, kind of surf guitar walking music. Uh, Mando's got his cooler. He keeps his steel ice cold, man. Also, he doesn't have to worry about dropping it or losing it. Uh, He heads into Mando HQ, gets a lot of looks in that Mandalorian hall. Uh, there's more of them this week than there were. Then we see the face of the god or goddess uh, in the for. Then we go into the forge room. Pops out the steel. Uh, the for the the metal smith uh, is watching. All the Mandalorians come to see. They say, "Holy cow! That's not a cooler. You know, that's not a cooler. It's a, a st- steel holder." It's a stack, you know, for stacked steel. Also, Mandalorian must be very strong because that thing must have weighed a pretty, uh, I hope he switched arms every, like, uh, 400 yards so he, like, balances his shoulders out. So all the Mandalorians come to see. She says, "Can it can be shaped in, oh, let me see. I was going to read this, some of this dialogue. It's in front of me now in close captioning. It can be shaped in many ways. Uh, the amount can be shaped in many ways. The armor. He says, my armor's lost. Oh, yeah, because this is a very uh, subtextual. I love this kind of subtext. Uh, can be shaped in many ways. He says, well, my, I need a new armor. It's lost its integrity. I may need to begin again. And she says, indeed. 
you know, whole thing. He goes, that'd be a great honor. And she goes, you know, it's going to be shiny AF. Uh, and he goes, uh, whatever. Then this big dude comes in and he's get, like, he's, he's a bit of a splainer or like he's always, he's one of those ones. He's got everything to say. He's got an opinion about everything. He's got enough armor for it too. So he's got to try to explain a, a little bit of like a, a jealous, I'd say. And he goes, how come this guy is the, how did he become the Mandalorian? Uh, it's just, he just picked up this metal and, uh, the armor kind of tries to stay balanced, but at the same time, he goes, this guy's eating lunch with the empire. And she goes, by the way, our secrecy is part of our job. Uh, uh, and he goes, well, once it was numbers, now we got to hide out here. Only one of us, uh, hubba gets to go up above ground at a time. Uh, so they do a dance-off uh, because uh, he challenges them. Just a quick one, a more show dance-off. Because uh, uh, he said, did you say something about Pop and Lock later? He goes, no, 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 Pop and Fresh. Uh, so then the armorer says, cut it out. Uh, there's no empire. We got the steel. And uh, she goes, it's not easy walking the way of the Mandalore. You know, you're, uh, you're hiding and you're seeking. And she goes, how can one be, she goes, you know, how, you know, have you ever took your helmet off? No. Anyone else taking it off? You know, no one's ever seen your head. No, that is the way. And everyone goes, oh, that is the way. Uh, so face, there kind of is the faceless people. Um, uh, spoils of purge, our secrecy. I'm just reading over this. He shares tables, showdown, dance off, empire no longer. Uh, never had your helmet off. This is the way times three. Then she, he goes, she goes, uh, wait, your armor. Anyway, you, you look awful. He goes, mud horn. And she goes, well, that was your signet. He goes, no, it was not a noble, uh, that one was a, not a noble dance off, uh, I was helped in, uh, by an enemy. She goes, well, why did your enemy help you? He goes, I did not know it was my enemy. Oh, there's like great industrial sounds, too, in the background. Uh, she says, all right, I'm going to make some whistling birds for you. This is the way, you know, stuff for the found, set aside stuff for the foundlings. This is as it should be. Uh, forge, flash, what does that say? Oh, flashback. He has some forge flashbacks. Uh, so, and then, uh, uh, well, we see like a lot of high tech metal work, really cool. Like seeing the different, uh, the stages, uh, like it looked like there was like a, I mean, there was like a 3d projection. There may be 3d or some sort of, uh, magnetic, uh, uh, forging, uh, or a 3d stamper. Uh, then they put it in some mud or clay to cool it or maybe uh, whatever you call it, uh, treat it somehow. Uh, so I really like that. Oh, we also, during the Forge flashback, see why he probably doesn't like any droids. Uh, then he goes into the, uh, oh, then we go into the bar. Mandalorian's not there. He had uh, uh, reef, uh, reef, reefs there. And he says, no more excuses, dust breather, talking to somebody else. Um, uh, then there's that old record-skipping moment in the bar, and the Mandalorian walks in, and he's done up in platinum, a platinum suit. Everybody's like, whoa, whoa, glaring at him. Who does he think he is? Uh, 
and uh, I love the loud talking. Uh, uh, but like it's just great. He goes, "Oh, Mando, the legend." Uh, and he goes, all these guys had fobs too, but uh, only you could uh, celebrate your success. Okay, so uh, I'm just watching the scene. He, this is where he's called. It's Grief Karga. Sorry, Grief. Uh, I was calling you Reef. Uh, so he says, hey, sit down. Let's chat. Uh, uh, where else? I'm just watching it in my notes. Uh, he goes, oh, not me. I celebrate your success. That's where I said, uh, it's my success as well. I got a bunch of steel. I'm rich. Uh, and he says, how can I show my gratitude? Why don't you take a day off? Uh, go to the um, the baths at something or other. Oh, healing baths. It's a tool healing baths. Uh, he, goes, give me, he goes, give me a puck, man. Uh, and he, you know, give me my next job. He says, "Okay, uh, what about this one? This looks pretty good, huh?" All these are far off. Uh, he goes, "Further the better. Take your pick." Uh, okay, that one's on some dust planet or something. Is it calamari uh, or calamon? And he goes, I'm out. And they, before he leaves, he pauses, though. He, tur- he turns he turns away, then he turns back. He doesn't actually turn back. He says, what are they going to do with it? And Grief says, uh, with what, dude? And he turns around. He says, the kid, he goes, don't you know the guild code? And Mandalorian goes, if they're in the Empire, what are they doing here? He goes, there's no Empire. He goes, just, uh, you know, people doing stuff. Uh, and he goes, if it bothers you so much, you could go back to the core and tell on them. So the Mandalorian wasn't some sort of uh, official thing. Uh, and he goes, buy some spice, man. Some pumpkin pie spice. Uh, chill out in your ship. Enjoy it. Uh, yeah, then the um, Mandalorian goes back uh, to his uh, ship. Uh, goes through, we see the arch again. He gets on board. He uh, flicks four switches and then presses four buttons. Uh, and then he sees the ball, the knob the kid was playing with, and he uh, kind of th- thinks it out. Uh, and he says, you can't hide from the shine of uh, Oso. You know, Oso might need you. I thought we were a pair. So eventually he shuts it. You know, he gets ready to go, shuts it down, turns off. It turns. I don't know if he turned everything off. I mean, Mandalorian could definitely use one of those key fobs that tells when you walk away from your ship um, and locks it up for you. Yeah, so he gets off the ship. Then there's some working music. He goes down the alley, checks the trash. Uh, and I said, somebody needs to talk to these uh, former Empire members because they threw away the bass and that. I mean, that thing had to be worth money somewhere. And so there's no excuse for that. I mean, somebody. Maybe somebody left it was going to go get it after work. I mean, that's the only thing you can imagine is like, uh, you know, A4471 QP, we're going for a drink. Uh, you know, they're doing it in their stormtrooper voice. Uh, you going to join us? Uh, I'll meet you there. I need to walk it off. Thinking about my uh, cutie poo out on uh, Alpha Centauri. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I love to take a stroll by the dumpsters of wherever the heck we are before. You know, so I'll meet you there. 
least that's, I mean, that's honestly what I would have done. I said, you want us to throw out a floating bassinet? Uh, it's an order. Well, but we're not in the empire anymore. What's well, an order from me? I'm your, technically your boss. Okay, no problem, boss. I'll throw it away. Right in the dumpster. I'll put some banana peels on it so nobody can find it. Uh, uh, because you're right. Uh, it should totally trash. I mean, who would want a floating bassinet? Uh, or either for parts, for carrying your stuff even. Like... Uh, like maybe even some stormtroopers would like it, even if they didn't have a baby that they're in charge of, which we technically are. You know, just to carry like our waters or whatever. Okay, go throw it out. That's it. And I say, you're right, I'm on it. Don't worry. And that's why, uh, you know, it wouldn't work out for me. Empire, first order. I'd be in the first disorder. Last total disorder. If they had that, but you wouldn't join, they'd just say, they said, where's that bassinet? We decided we needed it. Can you go get it back out of the garbage? Oh boy, they, uh, they emptied the trash today. Yeah, but then only, they only empty it on whatever, Gloom's Day or whatever the friggin' days of the week are here. Yeah, no, but remember there was that, uh, that holiday for those, uh, where they had that street fair with the whiskers and stuff, uh. So they couldn't collect trash. So they collected it. They already came and left. Yeah, really, because my office is right next to the to the back of the dumpster, and the only thing I heard was rummaging. Right after work yesterday. Oh yeah, that's what it was—a new service. Uh, they pick it up. I okay. Uh, then forty-four would say, "Well, I just looked in there. It's full." Oh yeah, there's somebody probably dumping stuff in there, probably. No, our cans of beans from lunch Tuesday are still in. Well, we we use Tuesday, but we don't use Friday. So, okay. So anyway, back to the actual story. I mean, I'll take it. I'll tell you what, I'll go take it. I'll clean it up. I don't even care if it smells uh, because it's like a floating bassinet uh, or whatever crib. Or it seems like it has lock on it. It seems like it probably ha- like it, it has airflow. What is it called? A stroller, a pram. I mean, holy man! I mean, I mean, can you imagine walking around like a theme park with that thing? You say, well, okay, I, like go into the stroller parking. I'll come get you later. Hold my jacket. Don't need a fanny pack anymore. All right, so then the Mandalorian, after he listened to my tangent, uses a thermal listening device. He listens into um, uh, the, the the client and the scientist, and he says, you better hurry up, man. Get the cuteness. Uh, what are you doing? This is for, like, uh, our version of Instagram. We got to go. Uh, so they're debating. Then Mandalorian rolls up on the ring doorbell. Uh, takes it out. Stormtroopers come to the door to look around. And this is where the way of the Mandalorian of hide-and-seek begins. Uh, because the Mandalorian starts a game of hide-and-seek. Like, because they're hiding the baby, you know, Oso from him. Uh, so he over- he uses this magic thing, to, uh, like a poofer, to open the wall door. Uh, then he does hide it. He's the seeker. So he finds one, two, three, four, five stormtroopers right away, like in different rooms right away. Uh, then finds a hiding med droid and the scientist. Then finds Oso. 
Osoyoda. The doctor tried to explain that he wasn't playing hide and seek. He was just trying to help Oso, who was like in this kind of scan- cuteness scanner. Uh, then he goes seeking with the baby, finds a six and seven. There's some action grand music with uh, three exclamation points. Uh, eight, nine, ten. He even uses his armor one time to like hide. Like he's like hiding while somebody changes like a hiding spot. So he finds that person. Uh, then I guess once he hid, I guess the rules did change. So then he's trying to hide, but he goes into like a cafeteria. And then it's kind of like where you're, uh, I don't know if all freeze tag or something, but he finds four, four stormtroopers find him. But he does away like some for free seg move with his whistling birds. Uh, so that's fourteen stormtroopers, uh, all frozen by this uh, hide and seek game. Uh, then there's more music. Uh, then the key fobs, like all the fobs. So this was a bit like uh, reminded me of uh, John Wick. Uh, I haven't seen the Latin, the more most recent one, but very Wick esque. Uh, the whole bar, everybody's fobs start beeping, even Reef. I put Reef here, even in my notes, but his name's Grief, by the way. Uh, everyone tries to catch up with the Mandalorian as he's walking. He doesn't have, he, he could definitely could use a floating pram. I don't know why he didn't go get it either. I mean, because obviously at this point, it's like, okay, tracking fob's not in there. It's related to your social security. Like, you you know, it's like you shouldn't have sent in that kid or whatever that your sister gave you for the holidays uh, to know where you came from or whatever. Uh, then a grief says, uh, welcome back, Mando. Uh, put it down. Uh, they were trying to throw that, and he goes, could you, I mean, I said, could you go get back, could somebody, before you catch me, go get that fro, fro, floating crib? It'd be easier for all of us. Also, Scoots is not going to let it go, because, uh, I mean, it really is, it would be like, I would paint it red and use it like a wagon. I mean, here, there's a free idea for you. Uh, Fearless Flyer, I would put it on there. Is that what it, that one's called? That's what the Trader Joe's thing's called, uh, Radio Flyer. That would be the coolest thing ever. Actually, if you had a lemonade stand, you could, I don't know if you, you probably insulate that and keep your lemonade cool or fill it with ice. Um, so, okay, just a couple more thoughts about that floating pram. Step aside, a great night shot, uh, put it down, put it on the speeder. We see a droid. These droid, there's, so there's like a whole lift droid thing going. Uh, which would be great. Self-driving, self-driving speeders. They don't exactly. I haven't seen any of these speeders speed. They're more like. Uh, I mean, there's not really a good place for them to speed. They move at a reasonable speed. So I would just think about renaming them. Even though speeder sounds cool, you'd say. I mean, I guess no one would say. Well, I want to move at a reasonable pace. That's good for everybody. They'd say, no, no, I have to go faster than everyone. I'd say, well, actually, there's like a speed limit. But oh no. I need the capacity to go faster than everybody. And I'd say, wonder, say, why don't you check out my floating pram? Uh, so he says, I'm your only hope, which is kind of like Star Wars. Uh, like uh, that comes up a lot in Star Wars or maybe only once. Uh, you're our only hope. I, I guess it was. But that's what grief says to Mando. 
He uh, uh, walks over. He kind of looks down. The baby's eyes are closed. Uh, so he does uh, kind of act like he's going to play along at first. Is This one is very, when you go for the Western, this is going to get a Western feel. Uh, like a fantasy kind of first half. Uh, he looks down. The baby's eyes are closed. Uh, and then he says, hide and seek. He calls it. And then he hides. He, he manages to find. I don't exactly know the rules of this game. Because, again, I'm not from this planet. Don't even know what the planet's called. I mean, it's some sort of tag, hide and seek game. Uh, but he manages to, to, to catch uh, seven people. Tells a droid to drive. Uh, Grief shuts the driver down. I'm pretty sure he again catches uh, eight or nine more people, uh, but it's clearly not enough. Uh, baby's eyes open. They say, oh, mama. Or the baby says something like that. Uh, How's it going? Hide and, I'm not old enough to play hide and seek even though I'm 50. Where's my crib, by the way? Because I left my pacifier in there, my passy. And uh, let's see, see, okay. And then, uh, oh, mama. Uh, Then all of a sudden you say, holy jetpack. All these Mandalorians show show up. There's great music, uh, a little late action sequence. His rival's there, whatever, uh, the splainer. He says, get out of here. And then Mandalorian says, but we'll have to, I mean, he says it's too late. So it is like kind of a cursory statement. It goes, but we'll have to relocate the covert. Not very covert anymore. You know what I'm saying, Bubby? And the guy goes, why did you just call me Bubby? And the Mandalorian goes, no, no, Scoots put those words in my, he didn't put them in my mouth because my mouth is obstructed by my helm. Uh, But I'll see you later, but will will I ever see you again, Bubby? And he goes, I kind of like you calling. He goes, suddenly, I don't feel like your rival anymore. I feel like your friend now that you've called me Bobby. And very sleepy in a sleep bag. What do you call that baby? He goes, oh, so, oh, it's for oh, so cute or oh, so Yoda. It's also a tribute to Raven Simone because we, and, uh, and, uh, uh, Bran. So, oh, so Raven and the three eyed, oh, so, oh, so three eyed Raven. And it goes, you know, I'm really comfortable with you calling me Bubby, but I do have to question your judgment that you didn't take that. Why didn't you take that crib out of the garbage? Uh, he goes, well, I was on a mission. Uh, really, I, was, I just didn't think it through. If I would have thought through, I would have come back and got it. You're correct in your assessment of that. And he goes, you know, I'm just a character. I'm not a perfect character. And the guy goes, well, I feel perfect now. You've called me Bubby, but we'll relocate the covert. You get out of here. This is the way. And he says, this is the way. Oh, and again, this scene is definitely worth watching for the people watching. I mean, not just for the action, because there's just a great, uh, it's just very cool. I mean, it, to see this many, because I guess during a movie, it's different. I don't know why it's different, but... uh I don't know, I just enjoyed it. I really got a kick out of a lot of the uh, characters coming to play catch with the Mandalorian. And then if you're a big Boba Fett fan, or Boba Balls, I mean, I guess if you're a fan of Boba Balls, you should probably hang out with Oso Ray, Oso Yoda. Like, you should give a Boba, maybe not give a Boba Ball to, you don't give a, a Boba Ball to Yoda yet. Uh, so anyway, uh, he says, that is the way. Mandalorian goes back to his ship, but uh, re- gr- grief's hiding in there. 
Like he left his doors unlocked. I said, what the heck? How many times you got to learn this lesson? And he goes, don't bring up, don't bring up the crib again. I know I've left my ship unlocked too many times, uh, but I knew I'd have to get on it fast in this case. Uh, and I say, point taken. This one, I told, totally makes sense that you knew you were going to be rushing back onto the ship. Uh, it's just like anybody could have walked on here other than grief, like somebody that just might have ate your food or something or used your thinking spot or your bathroom, your whole, whatever they call it, uh, the, the tube your back tube and then we both giggled and then he said uh speaking of my thinking spot uh grief uh i'm gonna not only do i use this for thinking and freezing i use it for smoking you out uh so he tricks him and uh smokes grief out but grief's got the steel so grief gets kind of caught tagged but he says oh no uh first first he's no samesies uh, but Mandalorian actually doesn't even hear him because Mandalorian takes off. We see the arch again. Uh, two arches, actually. I just saw a smaller arch. Uh, uh, Beskar, Beskar save out. Oh, yeah. Beskar save for, for first. He's no same. He's for grie- grief. And you definitely see a Marvel influence here. There's kind of like this. Uh, I mean, I, I don't criticize anything, but I did feel like this was a bit of ridiculous. Uh, my daughter loved it, though, so, uh, you know, I'm definitely wrong. But uh, what was the guy's name, Bubby, or whatever? He flies up next to the ship, and they give a, a, a salute to one another. I mean, I guess it puts a, like, whatever you call it, put a button on the episode that they're, but you, I mean, when you call someone Bubby, I don't know if you need to salute them anymore, because uh, I'm pretty sure I don't even know where Bubby come from. I know it's from somewhere. Some pop culture thing. Uh, but it was very Iron Man-esque. Uh, uh, then my daughter said this uh, during the episode. I, like, And then uh, he said, I got to get one of these. She said it right before him. Uh, and then he gives the ball to the to Oso to play with, uh, who's in the front seat because he doesn't have a freaking carrier anymore. And then we're in space, uh, and they're out. Uh, and then uh, there's ten paintings at the end, all worth looking. You know, watch then so you can see the paintings. Because uh, I don't like, uh, I'm not going to describe them because you should watch it and see the paintings for sure. And I mean, and the music, uh, the different, like the different acts and the end music, uh, it really brings me joy too. Like. Uh, uh, I wish I could turn off uh, where it says I'm going to skip it because it goes into like the, the last part of the theme music. Uh, but so that was the episode. So let's run through some of the things that came up here that I wanted to look up. Uh, um, hold on, because uh, Mando three. Okay, first thing was plate armor. I looked up. I, I kind of googled like how long does it take to make it. I couldn't find a like a definitive answer. Yeah, but plate armors of iron plates or steel plates, uh, like the iconic suit of armor. Uh, there were early predecessors in the Roman era. It developed in the late Middle Ages uh, in the context of the Hundred Years' War uh, from the coat of plates worn over male suits of mail. It reaches peak in the 15th and 16th centuries of full suit of armor, referred to it as a panel pee. 
B-A-N-O-P-L-Y, P-L-Y, P-L-Y. Uh, it was uh, like, uh, does a feature at the very end of the Middle Ages in the Renaissance period, uh, association with medieval knight and jousting, uh, full suits of Gothic bladed armor. This is all from Wikipedia. Worn on the battlefields of the Burgund- Burgundian and Italian wars, uh, heavily cavalry, uh, Swiss. Uh, it declined in the 17th century, except for nobility. You know, they wore it, you know, so they could strut their stuff. Uh, but yeah, it did it get renewed uh, during the Napoleonic Wars a little bit? Uh, and it's a really long uh, article on it uh, here. But uh, I mean, that's what our Mandalorian—that's what Mando's wearing is blade armor. Next up is Haichu, H-I-C-H-E-W, because uh, that's what that door, ring doorbell said. Haichu, I, I want a pinky or whatever. Now, this is popular in the Bay Area. I don't know about other places. It's been around since 1975, but re-released in its current shape in 1996. Uh, it's from a Japanese candy company. Uh, it wanted to create an edible chewing gum so you didn't have to take the gum out of your mouth. This is from Wikipedia. Uh, first, it was caramel with flavoring, a chewy caramel with flavoring, and those were called chulets. That was 1931. Uh, they're wrapped in, uh, you, you, I don't know if you've seen them in the United States, that's where, not every, not that everybody listens in the U S but this is a Wikipedia. And this is where my experience with I choose occurred. Uh, there's 14 flavors, watermelon, strawberry, green apple, dragon fruit, mango, grape, peach, banana, melon, cherry, kiwi, acai, and in uh, Hawaii, pineapple and lily koi. Uh, they also have sours and bites, uh, and they're very popular. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess like they're a bit like Starburst. If you say Scoots have never had a high chew, what can you compare it to? It's like a bit like Starburst. Uh, they're just cool. I would say they're cooler. Uh, it is not kosher or halal or vegetarian, though, just a heads up. Or maybe that was, uh, it, it, they said it is gluten-free. Um I don't know if that's since 2012 that it's not kosher or uh, halal or vegetarian, but you probably just avoid it, you know. I don't know if the same holds true for, uh, what's that stuff called? Starburst. Uh, okay, I looked up to the victors to go to spoils. I didn't really find anything out. I don't know why I looked up. I guess because he said bye-bye baby to me. I know there's a musical and a movie called Bye-bye birdie. Never seen it. Uh, a little bit. I uh, just never seen it, I guess. uh is a musical comedy, stage production, and film. Uh, in the movie, stars Dick Van Dyke. His feature film debut, really, 1963. Uh, reprising his Broadway role, Maureen Stapleton, Janet Leigh, Janet Lee, uh, Rosie DeLeon, uh, Paul Lind, uh, Bobby Rydell. Is he the one who founded Rydell High? And Anne Margaret, uh, it was inspired by the success of Elvis Presley, uh, when he was drafted into the army. Why? Wow, I didn't even know anything about the plot of this. This is all from Wikipedia, by the way. But Jesse, P- really, I might see this. Uh, Jesse Pearson plays the role of teen idol, whose character's name is a wordplay on country singer Conway Twitty. A teen pop idol. 
His manager, Colonel Tom Parker, rejected the idea. Oh, no, that was Presley. It was the first choice. Uh, but they said, no, not playing any parodies of Elvis. Uh, Elvis isn't playing a parody of himself. Uh, Ed Sullivan appears. The film's credited with making Anne Margaret a star, leading to her appearance in Viva, Viva Las Vegas. Uh, so that's interesting. I have no idea. It made $13.1 million at the box office in 1963. Uh, it sounds pretty great. It's got, uh, uh, looks like it has 15 musical numbers, and I'm sure some people are big. It's got a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 89%. Uh, so it's Bye Bye Birdie. Uh, naval Whistle. This one, like, there was some whistling at the beginning or, or like, sound effects, and it's called the Boatswain's Call or the Boatswain's Whistle. It's a pipe uh, or a non-diaphragm type of whistle used on naval ships. Uh, this is also from Wikipedia. Narrow tube, which directs air over a metal sphere, the buoy, with a hole in the top. Uh, and you could change. You can open and close your hand to change the pitch over the hole. Uh, the rest of the pipe contain consists of a keel. Uh, it was used to pass commands to the crew when the voice couldn't be heard because of the sea so loud. It has a very high pitch uh, and could be heard over uh, the crew's voices or the weather. It's now used also as in traditional bugle calls. Uh, in ceremonies in some modern navies. It's the official badge of the quartermaster, chief boatswain's, boat, boatswain's mate, and uh, let's see. Yeah, so it's just a little bit. Uh, I just thought it was interesting. I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of flourishes in uh, The Mandalorian that I'm really enjoying, and I do enjoy the sets, the costuming, and the sound effects, and the music. Uh, it's important to me. Okay, the last thing is, I don't know if we had, I know I saw a lot of ads for this uh, uh, place in when I was a kid. I don't know if they actually had any in Syracuse where I grew up. Uh, and, but I, you know, all, those, all those of you that grew up on WPIX in the New York City area, you know Lionel Kitty City, uh, which turns a frown upside down. And it's been a while since I talked about it, but uh, so I looked it up on Wikipedia. It started in the 60s. In the 80s, it had 150 stores under the name Lionel Kitty City, Lionel Play World, and Lionel Toy Warehouse. That's L-I-O-N-E-L. Uh, but it was uh, cut back in the 80s. Then it made a comeback in the uh, 90s. Fourth, in the 90s, is the fourth largest toy retailer. Uh, then it contracted again because it's so hard to deal with the big toys toy company, which isn't around anymore. Uh, I tried to merge with another toy company. Uh, that didn't work. I don't know if it has anything to do with Lionel Train, so... I mean, I just remember Lionel Kitty City turns your frown upside down. It looks like it, one of the logos I saw when I was Googling it was uh, of uh, a kangaroo, which I know listeners probably told me the name of the kangaroo. Maybe it was Kanga. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, it was just something that was a big part of when I was watching TV all the time as a child, young adult, uh, or teen, you know, all those times. Uh, so, I don't know, just part of my childhood, Lionel Kitty City. Maybe it would be a part of also Yoda's childhood, uh, depending on where in the timeline uh, Baby Yoda is. 
And I think that's it. Uh, Good night.